Good morning, everybody. This is the Movie Vault here with my mom. Hi, mom. Say hi. Hello. Thanks um, for having me. Yep. We are here um, in the basement of my parents' house with the dog barking upstairs. Uh, but really, we're here for other reasons. That we right now, Ben, we're in an energy crisis. Am I right? Oh yeah. And oh no, yeah. I'm not talking about fossil fuels or global warming or anything like that. Okay. That's all hosh posh. What I'm talking about is Christmas spirit. Oh. Yeah. Have you noticed the Christmas spirit is is down this year yes it's noticeably down there is no snow outside in ohio right now no it's gray there's i i don't know there i i just don't even think about it being christmas time you know when i was a kid it was like as soon as the clock hit uh midnight on thanksgiving it was like immediately all christmas in my head for the next month yes but nowadays it's like finals and then like uh, all kinds of other stuff and then you're like oh wait yeah. it's almost the 25th what am i gonna do it's like a panic sure. and, and all that yeah. yeah well every year less and less people believe in santa claus True. and if you don't believe me you can check the clausometer that's what we have right that's that's our scientific thing that we have anyway that is what i have to say about that it's a serious thing but anyway we have mom here to review the film Humbug. can i say something real quick what I have Christmas spirit, and I'm a lot older than you guys, so you need to get your you Christmas spirit <laughs> back. This is unacceptable to be so low on Christmas spirit at your age. You still have your whole life in front of you to celebrate and get excited about Christmas. We will see. I think I think kids are becoming more cynical earlier and earlier than that their parents used to be. It used to take, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of life to become cynical. Now it only takes like 15 years before you become so jaded. Yeah, Towards, people used to be yeah. excited to to get jobs. Yeah, well, now we do anything we can to stop. Well, as soon as you watch, I've been I've been watching. I haven't finished it yet, but the movie Office Space that you never want to work a job ever again. If that's what your future is going to be like. Yeah. Listen, the Christmas spirit lives inside your heart, guys. Don't that's, let the culture dis- decide how you feel. I'm about, pretty sure the culture made that up too. Listen. Not only is my Christmas spirit live inside of me, but That's even so weird. How do you say it like that? Even as an older lady, older, I get yep. still excited about Christmas. Okay. Even the Christmas morning, the lights, uh-huh. the excitement. Yeah. Leaving presents under the tree for my four grown kids. It's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is my older lady mom, <laughs> Amy Leewald, on to to review the film Elf. It's a 2003 American Christmas classic. Am I right, Ben? Does it actually say it's like a, a, a Christmas classic? No, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say. I, I was it. like, well, I wonder what you have to do to like become a Christmas classic. No, I, I agree. I think it is a classic. I think. I, I think most people watch this during the holidays. Yeah, this has got to be in the top ten most watched Christmas films. Yeah. They actually list it as the American Christmas comedy. What about the Lampoons? Uh oh, Family Vacation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, probably w- Christmas comedy as well. Yeah, and Home Alone. I'll put home, oh Home Alone. Is that not? I don't, wouldn't call that a comedy necessarily. Maybe like uh, little kid adventure. I guess it's kind of like a mix of drama and comedy. Sure. But anyway, it's directed by Jonathan Favreau, one of our favorites over here. You know, Chef, Iron Man, Mandalorian. This guy's done a lot of great things. Um, Basically, whatever he touches does pretty well, I yeah, think. Sure. No, I agree. And uh, William Farrell. Um, no, he's not Farrell. He is actually a great tall actor. Um, I first knew him from The Office. Um, and that's kind of where that's like the worst way to introduce yeah. the actor to myself. You may know him from Adam McKay movies like Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, The oh, Other Guys, oh, or have... the Lego Movie, or the Lego Movie. But I am in the older generation, so you know where okay. I know where Will Ferrell. Wait, uh, SNL. SNL. Oh yeah. Guys, Saturday Night Live. That is where my generation knows Will Ferrell. So way before he did the Lego Movie mm-hmm. and all of Saturday Night Live. We knew him from those skits and all the, the things that he brought on that. Mm-hmm. So when he came to ALF, it was just a kicker. We already knew him. He was like my brother. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like I, I often forget. It's interesting how, like, SNL was, like, a big, like, deal. Huge. Huge deal uh, back in, And that's how, like, most of these uh, comedic actors in, like, the 80s and 90s and even into the 2000s. I guess you could still say sort of now, but it's. I feel like it's not so much anymore. Have you um, and Zach ever seen an SNL? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I've definitely seen clips of Will Ferrell in SNL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's yeah, it's very funny. It was a treat to stay up really late and watch SNL. Mm-hmm. I like Chris Farley. I've seen all his skits. 
Yeah. John Candy, mm-hmm. SNL. Yeah, he's good too. Um, the Van by, Down by the River skit. Did you yeah. ever see that one? Yes. Yeah. Sounds good. He passed away though. Yeah. Rip. Yeah, rip. <laughs> but Will Ferrell's still alive, so have no fear. Yeah. <laughs> I love Will Ferrell. Anyway, so a rundown of this movie. It's an elf who finds out that he has a dad. He's not actually an elf, but he's Aww. he's a human. Oh yeah. Um, and Will Ferrell's the titular character. He goes into New York from Santa's workshop uh, and does all these crazy things there. And you know, it's like a fish out of water thing. So then eventually he finds his dad, and they don't hit it off right right away because his dad's on the naughty list. He's very sad. Then eventually. Within 10 minutes, they grow his characters and do a complete 180, and he uh, eventually loves his family and everybody. <laughs> it's a really good, fast character arc. Yeah, it, it is quick. It is. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, development that happens off screen. Uh, off screen. <laughs> yeah, but but I think there's like noticeable uh, moments throughout the film where you can. He goes. Buddy goes from being annoying to endearing and that might be a little bit of growth on buddy's part too because his biggest fault is that he's like extremely naive although there were some things in rewatching this movie that i was like i thought this movie was longer but i think it's because of the amount of times i've seen it like on tv where there's commercials and stuff and so it maybe makes it feel a little bit longer than it actually is um I specifically it short Specifically in reference, no. She's saying the movie. It felt short. Was longer. Yeah, it oh, felt yeah. longer, and I was surprised how short it was. I think specifically, like, uh, what's the love interest name? Jovi. Yep. Um, th- I thought that relationship had a, like there was a lot more like scenes uh, from, and there were really only like a couple mm-hmm. scenes, and I and I thought there was like a scene where they like I I must have just been like. Imagining the film based on some other film, I haven't seen this in like a couple of years, probably. So, so I, I thought that there was like a point where she got like mad at him and like kind of left, and then he like won her back. But that actually never never happens. They just kind of just don't see each other for a little bit in the film, and then they're like together by the end. It's, it's yeah, it. The love story developed from um, the very beginning, and this is one of the reasons I picked Elf Guys is because when you asked me to do a Christmas movie, I was going to pick a cheesy Hallmark movie, but Zach told me no. And so Elf, I thought it was filled with comedy. It was filled with romance. And it had a little bit of a lesson in there of acceptance. And so... Oh, yeah. That's what we're all about here. (laughs) So there was. There was lots of of building characters, and there was lots of building relationships in it. So I I loved it. And, of course, there was a happy happy ending. Mm -hmm. And the spirit of Christmas came alive right at the end, Zach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It came it came alive and uh, if you were in Central Park you got to you got to see the sleigh go over your head even though the news guy I, one of my notes was the news guy was kind of a jerk to, like to, I, to the to the reporter to Charlotte yeah reporter. I was like geez he's like unlike you we actually do real news here. <laughs> he's like I'm not sure whether in Buffalo they're do they do uh, real news stories but in New York uh, and then the guy that he was interviewing was like. You have just such pretty eyes. The story tells from your eyes, and your mouth is so pretty too. <laughs> I don't know. That that stuck out to me. I have to see what. <laughs> yeah, what that other was. Is. I don't remember just that part. Yeah. But yeah, it is an endearing movie. I agree. I think. Oh, thanks. Oh, uh, yep. And I think uh, Will Ferrell is a pretty likable actor in himself. A lot of people. I know a lot of people in my life that don't like Will Ferrell. <gasps> um, just I don't know why he creeps them out. I guess. But to me, I like Will Ferrell. I grew up watching this movie. I know this movie pretty well. Um, I did also think that it was shorter than I remembered and that um, the character arcs weren't as fleshed out as I thought. But I imagined it in my mind. Like, I guess I had fan fiction in my mind of what was happening off screen. Like, but I, I didn't see any of that on the screen. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess they didn't really do that, just like you said. Yeah, so, that's interesting. That, that's not a quality I normally see in movies. Like, like uh, you, you almost think that you know scenes that are in the movie that aren't actually there. Like, is there any other movies you can think of that like do that to you i don't know it's kind of an interesting uh not really like thing that both of us experienced that i don't know well i woke up at 4 30 in the morning the other day to watch the whole movie and i thought it was pretty short but i walked away with a lot of christmas spirit because i thought that it's a, a movie for every generation and mm. so i do i love it it's short it's to the point little kids can watch it it's pretty clean your generation likes it because you think will ferrell's funny and then I like sure. it because it hits all uh, all the feels and all the relationships. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
It's sort of like somebody went into a corporate office and they were like, how can we maximize our profit on one movie? And they uh, storyboarded something that was like, that they had a character for that was in every age range. So they have the kid, they have Buddy the Elf, and they have the older guy, and I guess uh, his wife, uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm terrible with names. Um, not Papa Elf. Uh, Walter Hobbs and Emily Hobbs. Oh yeah. So so then you have the the three generations. That's like the classic like how the formula to to attract a broad audience. You got to just pull everyone in with the the different characters. Of course, having a kid that's likable is like I mean that was the Home Alone like thing. Like if you can get a kid who's like pretty good at acting and it is like charming and endearing, like that's gonna be huge. Like everyone loves that. Um, I'm not sure that. Uh, um, trying to figure out uh michael uh was quite endearing to the level that uh that uh, macaulay culkin was in home alone but he 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 was serviceable enough to to uh add to the movie i think and that's that scene where yeah the 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 younger the younger brother and that scene where the the snowball fight scene um that was the first scene i ever watched from elf because my grandpa would actually like like uh he would be like here come over to the computer and he'd pull up youtube and he'd like show me the scene <laughs> just the snowball scene from elf that was it so that's kind of a funny Aww, funny memory your grandpa watched it that's yeah. awesome yeah yeah, yeah. did I, you know i have a fun fact did I you know jim carrey did you know that jim carrey was supposed to be no really yeah. i could see him doing it yeah but i don't know what happened you'll have to figure out the background of that but he did not obviously pan out but i can't see anybody else but will ferrell playing this part I've heard Will Ferrell, this could be just rumors, I don't know if this is true, but he was, like, really anxious about this movie, like, what it would do to his career. Oh. Um, and, like, so it was sort of a risk for him, because it's, like, kind of, it's, like, probably a little goofier, and, and, uh, like, compared to SNL, maybe, uh, not that you can really call SNL serious, but this movie is, like, really, could be, re- really go poorly if it's not executed well. Which I think they executed it pretty well, so it turned out it turned out great for his career. But it could have. I think he was worried that it maybe would go the opposite direction. Like if it doesn't pan out, maybe he doesn't really have a movie career after this. I think he was nervous. Here's some a few a few other fun facts. I did in my homework, guys. Mm. Is it was a very low budget film, and so in the beginning they did start off and um let me see they started off in New York and because they didn't have a lot of different options they said that they wanted the real life feeling of New York and the energy that goes on there so they just started they threw Will Ferrell out in the street and they just wanted that real energy so those actors that you see in the streets are um, real people they're not actors and the guy in the beginning do you remember the um, bigger uh, Santa in the red Santa suit He's like kind of walking in the street. Mm-hmm. That wasn't an actor. That was just like a random guy that he went up and touched. And the directors that said. That he called Santa? Yeah. And uh, they said yeah. that they were really nervous because they didn't know what that guy was going to do to Will Ferrell because he oh, did, wow. they didn't know he was coming. And the very first scene they shot was the subway. And it was a real subway. And the director was super, super nervous because they just didn't know what to expect. And so it was so low budget that they had to move from New York to um, Canada. On Vancouver because it's a lot cheaper to um, film there, and they ended up doing the rest of the movie on the ice rink. Wait, I thought that that wasn't in Rockefeller Center. Um, so the rest of the movie after the scenes in the beginning, they moved, they built a whole set on the ice rink. Oh, in Vancouver. on the ice rink. On okay. the ice so rink. Yeah. There wasn't the scene where they were ice skating. No. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. Like nobody involved in this was like. A, like at this point was like a somebody who would like carry something like John Favreau wasn't and Will Ferrell wasn't and I guess Bob Newhart wasn't he's sort of the legacy cast mm-hmm. like of the movie I don't know it's a little bit bigger than a cameo but he's really only in there at the start and the end yeah so wasn't like a, a big thing for him to be in there a little cameo from the uh the snowman from uh, Rudolph yeah which was interesting uh I, that was one thing I hadn't really seen the start or the end of this movie so yeah, I mean, it, the budget was $33 million and made $225 million. So, uh, good good uh, financial investment for the studio. I would say so. Um, and launched the career of all these people, sort of. I mean, some of, the, uh, some of them were like halfway. I mean, maybe the movie career of a lot of these, a lot of these people. Yeah. 
for sure. Do you have any other facts? Yeah, I do. So let's see. You guys, you would know these terminology more because you guys are all into these films and the movies and stuff. But they said they use all the shots in the beginning with animated characters. They took it from the things that they um, had in 1964. So they were actually really nervous how when you mentioned Rudolph and the all those animated characters in the beginning. They were taking something and not trying to reinvent the wheel, but just making it. But the shots took a lot longer because they were using the same concepts back then. So they were they were actually nervous then too because it was taking them really long because they actually started the film in 2002, but it was getting stretched out and too long. That in 2003 is kind of when they uh, kicked off. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's all, that's kind of all my fun facts. It's something called forced perspective. When you guys see the elves in there, they said that the elves are ten feet away from the oh, yeah. um, actual welfare buddy, the elf, really? because he's okay. so big. And so it's it's uh, um, every scene; those people are, are ten feet away, so it just makes them look obviously. That's smaller. like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, for the hobbits is kind of what they do. <laughs> you know the part where Roll Farrell sits on his lap. Yeah. On a well, yeah, how they do Papa that? Elf. There was a little kid on a diving board that laid straight back, and then, and then Will Ferrell sat on his legs, and then Papa Elf was ten feet away. Wow. Wait, really? Yeah. I, see, I wouldn't have expected that. That's how they did it. Yeah. But I'm not sure why. How else they would have done it? Like that makes sense, but mm-hmm. it's, I don't know how it's that surprising. Works. I still can't figure out how that works. Yeah, I guess that's why they pay people other than me to come up with this stuff. Yeah. Like, I may have been wrong on the ten feet, so don't quote me on that. But he was feet away okay. from Will Ferrell. The kid was on the diving board, laying back, and then Will Ferrell sat on his legs on top of the legs in the diving board. Oh, well, that's kind of weird. It's like a kid's legs. <laughs> it is weird. It is very weird. Yeah. Well, what? I I think. The creativity in this movie is good, but it's not surprising because John Favreau, obviously, like you said, everything he touches uh, turns to gold. But I do think John Favreau making this movie for all generations is a common theme that followed in his projects following this. We're talking about, you know, th- starting off the Marvel uh, universe and then uh, picking up back in the Star Wars universe. Um, I think he made those both both of those projects for all generations. And I think that's what he's pretty good at. It's particularly in this, like you said, you know, typically American sitcoms have all all ages uh, within like a family um, structure. That's why the sitcoms are usually a family, and it can attract a lot of different types of demographics. But uh, in this, you can see that with um, just like the comedy levels. Some of the comedy was really like stupid and for little kids, and some of it was like a little bit more uh, like actually funny, where I laughed. Whereas like yeah. actually, it takes a creative writer to write it, so it, it does follow in that as well. Uh, for all different ages um and then the acting was pretty solid for a comedy movie it was pretty yeah. solid um yeah that's i mean that's pretty much it what i think i don't really know like this movie is like really at the at the heart of it there's not many details to this movie it's just like a a very like a skeleton but like it's a it's a cool skeleton but there's no flesh or bones on it that i think really yeah. I, I think there's plenty of dynamics yeah. to talk about zach okay <gasps> You want me to start with one? Sure. Okay. Do you think that it's funny that it started off in an orphanage? Did you see the poor little baby just crying in the crib? That's yes. how the movie started off. So yeah. when I started watching the movie way back in whenever, I don't even know what year I watched 1975. it. 1975. I wasn't expecting to... 1970? It was 2000... Well, funny. Are you saying I'm an old No. Set? You said old lady, first of all. Second of all, I'm 1980s when you are born? Never mind. 1980. Yeah, but anyways, I don't know when I saw this film, but um, years ago, when it started off in the orphanage and the baby crawling out into Santa's sack, I didn't expect it to go into this whole fledged New York scene and everything else developing into the love story, the relationship into the family, which I will say, the one character that is awesome is, can you imagine if this was a real life story, which I know it's not, because we're talking about Santa and everything else, but the mom in the story the mom and how accepting she is of the husband having a long lost child with another woman that yeah. she, he never knew and she then all of a sudden she's like just come live with me and I'm she, like huh? She was a good sport about it. She yeah, said oh, that's so great that you have another kid. Yes. Yeah she was being like very positive as positive as possible like yeah. I thought that was interesting. And she had much higher tolerance for his um his behavior. I mean I his really, lack of fathering. His dad kind of had a high tolerance for his behavior in a way because, like, his behavior would be pretty uh, intimidating, perhaps, if you were, which nobody would be used to that kind of behavior because uh, it was, like, uh, theoretical of 
what an elf might be like. But but uh, his mom was really like she was trying her best to like. Yeah, know. she was like overly accepting. It was kind of creepy. She's like, yeah, you can stay in my house, and I was like, that's kind of wow, that's really welcoming. I don't know that what what that says about the state that she thinks the rest of the family's in. That she's like, oh, this might be an opportunity to fix things through having a. Uh, adding something new i guess i don't know right like they're she sort did of kind of use angle. it to her advantage when she's like okay well you kind of have to like help your son you have to be a father for your son michael because she's like you're not really there for him yeah he had to step it up in fatherhood didn't he yeah, yeah. in many uh, ways it was like a, a challenge for him maybe yeah. So she really manipulated the whole scenario. Okay. <laughs> she did not <laughs> she stuck it to him she said you have to step it up you have to step it up, or, or I'm not going to raise them. You're going to have to figure this out. Remember, he wanted her to stay home from work and, and help her out. But anyways, I did. I thought that her character was very interesting in how they, they wrote about accepting For she like was. like the six it. minutes and the eight lines that she had? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. And she's a terrible singer. Oh. I don't remember her At singing. the end when she's singing. Oh. She starts singing. True. It's terrible. She so, voice cracked twice in one... <laughs> One, uh, oh, I think Jovi's voice was beautiful. Oh, hers was fine, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the dad was also not very good at singing either, Walter. <laughs> not his talent. Yeah. Also, how does that guy end up as a, a children's book publisher? Like, uh, who's yeah, hiring? that was interesting. Um, I know it's, like, for the movie. Like, obviously, they it was convenient for the movie for him to work in publishing. But I was like, like, is it supposed to be that, like, at one point, this guy was a really passionate, like, children's book producer. Yeah. And, and now... It's like over the years, he's become more and more like, okay, I'm just phoning it in. Like, no, with our kids, who cares? Like, this is just a job that pays the bills. It's just so that they could literally sell books based off the movie. <laughs> really, because then he makes the book at the end, and that's a real book. Right. So yeah, that's, that's probably true. what it was all for. So. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm not sure he's believable. Although it was funny. Uh, I got a good laugh after uh, out of how they, they were like uh, his two henchmen. I don't know what their names were. Oh, it was that was Kyle Gass was one of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know that. Too. And I liked how they described uh, when they were trying to get uh, Finch in on the project, Miles Finch in on the project. Oh, yeah. They called him and they were like, yeah, your your books are so existential yet accessible. <laughs> <laughs> they were describing children's books. And they were using words like they were critiquing like Dostoyevsky or something like that. <laughs> it's, like, it's a peach that grows up on a farm. <laughs> Yeah, their ideas were super cheesy. And but, but then they looked through Miles Finch's book, and they were like the same. One of them is about a tomato yeah, it's growing up on thing. a vegetable farm. You're like, yeah. And then the one he's like, I have an idea. It's asparagus, but they're really insecure about the color of their pee. <laughs> I'm like, That's so dumb. I was like, that. I was like, this this guy. Uh, I'm like, these are like, uh, it's like Dumb and Dumber, like the uh, the two sidekicks that are just like, but yeah, that's that's the guy. That's one of the guys with Jack Black on Tenacious D. Oh, really? Band. Yeah, yeah. That I didn't realize that because I didn't get into them till after, and then I watched this and I was like, <laughs> well, it makes it so much funnier when you know how stupid that guy is and the stupid things he does in real life. So, and then I forget what the other actor is in that um, between the two, but you see him everywhere. Um, they're that guys if you will those guys yeah for sure those guys mm-hmm. yeah well I guess well, a good thing to be asking would be why did you why like what would be your favorite maybe scene of the movie I guess ooh can I tell you some of my favorite parts I mean yeah, yeah. that's what I'm asking oh okay cool um, I never thought you'd ask Zach yeah. so one of my favorite quotes and scenes is the, on the cups that I just gave you guys which is um, Will Ferrell and it says smiling is my favorite and so Will, Buddy the Elf, is just always happy, no matter what his circumstances are. He was sad in the beginning, and there did show some different emotions toward the end when he thought his dad like cut him off and stuff. But he was always smiling, and he used that phrase a lot when people didn't understand why he was smiling. But obviously, it was the Christmas spirit in his heart sack. <laughs> um, some of my favorite scenes were his the stupid stuff with the spaghetti, how he always loved spaghetti and ate syrup on it, all the foods that he brought into um that they brought into this movie did he do any other oh he would eat cotton balls do you remember that scene yeah. yes that yes really that was weird yeah he that was, was in the doctor's office yeah so all like the things that he brought in the fact of food or whatever that made me giggle for he's some just reason. like endlessly curious yeah that's one of his things he's just always like picking at everything like a little yeah. kid but the one of my favorite scenes is in the department store 
is when he was still thinking that um, New York was probably this place where there was the real Santa, like the North Pole. And um, he, he thought Santa <clears throat> was coming the next day. And so he stayed up all night and um, did all the snowflakes from paper and he had a light bright and he did all those cool pictures. He built um, the some kind of tower with Legos. I think he built the Empire State Building. The Empire State Building with, with Legos. Yeah. Anyways, he did it all night, but it was so obviously creative and awesome. And when people woke up in the morning, um, what was the department manager guy's name? I can't remember him. He I was, can't know. Um, a lot of these people, I don't know that they actually you like know name. Who I'm talking about? Yeah, the Gimbal's manager. Okay, the Gimbal's manager. He was so funny because when he came up, he was like, somebody's after my job. And he gave him a walkie-talkie and he was like, let me know if you get word or whatever he said. But it made me laugh so hard because they didn't know that Buddy the Elf did it. But plus yeah. his heart, he did all that hard work. Yeah, my, he, my my biggest laugh in the whole movie was probably when he gets upset about the fake Santa, and then yes. they're just like wrestling, and then and then the fake Santa is just like, as soon as he like smashes the Empire State Building, I don't know why I find that so funny, but it, that was hilarious to me. Maybe it's because it was like all that hard work, and yes. then it's just like he's just like hitting it, and all of the kids are just like probably traumatized for the rest of their life. It was just hilarious, right? No, no I'm just kidding. That's not very funny. But. Yeah, that one's good. I think my favorite is when. Buddy would like ask his dad to like do things that are super weird. Like he'd be like, "I thought we could make gingerbread houses and eat cookie dough and go ice skating and maybe even hold hands." <laughs> or he'd be like, "Okay, let's do this and this, and then let's cuddle." Yeah, he'd <laughs> be like, "That's it, just not cuddle and do anything, just cuddle." Yeah. <laughs> oh, he called him in for a bedtime tuck-in the first night he stayed at their house. Yeah, that's true too. And remember, he sent him that um, that naughty outfit for somebody special <laughs> the naughty outfit yeah yeah for someone special yeah he sent it to his office which that was funny too when he went in and he did a um sing-a-gram and he's like i love you i love you and he just kept on going on he's like and i'm your son or whatever he said and it was just like this random telegram that he made up i'm sure that will ferrell i would love to know if he just ad-libbed that into the moment because it just sounded so random but it was just funny yeah no that's good yeah. i think it was funny like how you expect him to maybe be able to like come up with something really clever because he's an elf but it's just like yeah. not good at all <laughs> he's just like he's just like trying to say what he wants to say in the form of singing and it's just yeah, it's kind of terrible I'm in a store i I'm love singing. you oh and then another one it, it has to do with coffee and i know you two like uh, coffee yeah. but i love that the first because everywhere in new york i've been in new york before it will say world's famous coffee or famous cup of coffee and when he went into his first coffee store it said world's famous coffee and that was the first place he took jovi on a date and remember he blindfolded her and she's she was probably so excited to be on her first date with him and he was so excited because he thought it was the world's famous cup of coffee world's and our best. best coffee and she goes what did she say she's like is this tastes like a crappy cup of coffee tastes like a crappy cup of coffee and he, he took off the blindfold and she's like this because it is the world's crappiest cup of coffee or whatever yeah. anyways it was funny no i mean there are a lot of funny moments in the movie the fish out of water comedy helps a lot um yeah i i think there was a little uncomfortable the, the more uncomfortable you got the better it was like when he eats gum off the street or when he's in the mail room you know yeah they definitely went for the like uh, kind of humor that's like, oh, like I'm kind of cringing. This yeah. would give me secondhand embarrassment, like a lot of the time, because I mean that's I mean that's what being a fish out of water would be like. Sure. Like, for everyone else, because the person who's the fish out of water doesn't necessarily know that they're being embarrassing. It's yeah. everyone else who sees it. Yeah, I think another thing is it like they do have somewhat of a storyline, like right at the end of the movie. Um, where Santa's sleigh isn't functioning properly, and it's because people aren't believing, you know. Which I have a question before before you move yeah. on, because this kind of goes back to Buddy always being happy. Um, so there's a scene after Buddy's dad tells him to get out of his life, where get out of my life, where no. where Buddy is walking on a bridge. Oh yeah. And so my question was, is Buddy contemplating suicide at this point? <gasps> no. <laughs> <He was not. laughs> I was just I don't know, but. 
That it's just be a bridge. So sad. And then, but but then Santa comes and then he you so you never know like you never get. I don't get think the, Buddy knows what suicide is. Yeah, I was probably say, not. He's just so happy. He's only known the the North Pole. That's true. He probably he probably doesn't know what it is. I I was reading that uh, John Favreau when he first got the script he didn't really like it because it was a much darker storyline. So maybe maybe a leftover element. Oh, okay. From the script. You forgot to take that one out. Yeah, I don't know. The the bridge, it just felt a little ominous for like one second and then it like Like, snapped out of it. said the first place he goes is a bridge. I mean, I would be concerned if it were real life. Like, don't go there. (laughs) No, that's true. Yeah, I agree. The, uh, but the storyline itself was, I mean, I thought it fit well, just the, the way that the actual, the way to fix the problem was to sing and believe, which are like the two things that were started at the beginning of the movie. Um, so it was good, and then Jovi gets her moment of singing and stuff like that. Um, and then the Central Park Rangers being the antagonists, that's a little weird. Uh, yeah, that, that was like their... That was the only thing that, like, didn't really make sense. They tried to, like, kind of... Th- well, maybe uh, maybe it wasn't the only thing that didn't really make sense, but they really tried to, like, shoehorn that in there so that they could have an antagonist. Because they hadn't really built anybody up as, like, being a true antagonist in the whole movie. So well, it was like the they father, had to have But then one. they needed to make him redeemed, so... Right. Hmm. Maybe maybe Miles. I don't know. There's some mildly annoying characters like the boss and Miles Finch, yeah. but true. The angry not... boss or what is it? That, who is the angry elf? Is that Miles? That was Miles. Finch. Miles Finch, which is Peter Dinklage, the actor. Oh, I do like that scene too, where he yeah. calls him an angry elf, and then he was like, "Say it one more time." But Buddy, the elf, really thought he was an elf. Like yeah, he really thing. did. He really thought he was an elf, so he wasn't trying to be anything but like you're an elf. So that was hilarious when he attacked him across the conference. <laughs> Table. He didn't know about like little people th- who were humans but weren't elves, right. and uh, or anything. He had, I imagine, he didn't have a big background in any sort of uh, knowledge of human medicine or anything like that. He's no anthropologist either. No. <laughs> yeah. No, there are a lot of moments where he assumes his his uh, elf culture onto other people. Like, where he's talking to the guy in the mailroom and he's like. You know, my dad didn't even become the head tinkerer until he was 490. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man. He starts laughing. That was a pretty funny scene, too. He's I, drunk. <laughs> when I first watched that that scene, when I was younger, I always thought that one was funny. Just the like him being like, oh, I, I, do you pour coffee into your... Or what was syrup. it? Syrup into your coffee? That's a great idea. And then he just dumps the <laughs> whole... like, ooh, I love syrup. Yes, I do. Oh, I love it so much. As he's pouring it in. <laughs> I was wondering whether, like, the guy would be, like, annoyed. Like, you know, he probably, probably expected him to put a little little bit in. And he dumps the whole thing in. Like, I was, I probably, that was all my alcohol. Although, I don't know how much those cost. It might not be a, a lot yeah. of money, but... Yeah. No, that was good. I, I mean, it really is... The, the story's at the end. And most of the comedy is like in the throughout the movie, but the story moves on. Like he has a good relationship with Michael by the end, and the father and the mom. So what about Jovi, the love story? Yeah, I mean that's great too. Can we talk about that for a sure, second? Sure, go ahead. All right. Well, since he was an elf, he didn't really know how to, you know, what that probably looked like. So I was impressed how they wrote it in with. It started with Jovi uh, in the department store, and her beauty just caught his eye. But the next day, I thought it was hilarious when he was in the shower. Yeah, that scene was uncomfortable, yeah. And he didn't know the boundaries, and she was singing, um, Baby, It's Cold Outside, and then he just joins... I can't imagine being in the shower in a public place, and then all of a sudden, a guy just joining in in the last verse. That's why you don't go in the public shower. Oh, that's... It's gross. But she, her, she had her, her water turned off, so I guess she had to... She but had to be in there. Shower. <laughs> but it, it's just funny because you know, like knowing Buddy, you know that it's like so innocent. Yeah. But of course, if you're the girl, you're not assuming it's innocent. You're like, this guy is up to no good, and I'm mad at like I'm mad at him, and he's <laughs> he's just had to prove kind of that he was just completely naive to the situation. But he drew it back afterwards when she called him over to how beautiful her voice was. So I feel like she knew his sincerity after that. But then their first date that he took her on was hilarious because it was just all childlike. I think it brought her back to like just being a child. I remember they did the revolving door and they were walking down the street. They got the crappy cup of coffee and then they went to Rockefeller Center, which I love that scene too. I should have mentioned that as well. And so when that happened, um, he goes to kiss her on the cheek and then he got really timid and backed away. And then she pulled in for a big kiss because she really wanted a kiss. So she that said, you missed. Yeah, you missed. That yeah, that was, was clever. Yeah. That was her hand. She was trying to help him. And fun fact, me and your dad, um, Zach, have been to Rockefeller Center and skated on that ice. Ooh, so fun. 
Isn't that awesome? <laughs> that is a good fact yeah. right there. That's I, good. Yeah. I skated on the same ice as Will Ferrell. Did you kiss dad? He kissed me on the cheek and I said, you missed. And then he, he planted one heavy on my lips. <laughs> Wrong recreation of the scene for elf. Yeah, we wow. recreated it. Yeah. Anyways, so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, then it, it develops to the end. I mean, they really just, she loves him for his Yeah, friend. there's no struggle, though. That's the thing. Yeah, I that was what I was talking was about. Like, I was expecting there to be, like, a, a thing where they get mad at each other at some point, or one of them, or she gets mad at him, or right. he does something stupid. Like, but I think that's because that's the trope in like most rom coms, and this really isn't like a rom com. It's like a comedy that has a romantic like side it's a of it. Rom. It's a com rom. It, yeah, because yeah, I, I I've watched a couple ro- romantic comedies with with Emma over the last like month or two, and I was I just noticed like the the, the tropes, and there's always a scene like where the girl and the guy they give, there's some misunderstanding and there's always a conflict there's like a, and they need it's a, usually some sort of miscommunication and they just assume the worst about the other person they just get really mad that's precisely but, why we didn't do a Hallmark movie today. <laughs> yeah that is exactly what happens in Hallmark's Ben that's like my, my favorite it is I will say it is extremely hard and this isn't something that I like tried to do but it's ex- I wish that I could watch Hallmark movies and have a good time but I literally can't at this point like physically just because I've seen so many other greater movies to that and then i see movie structures because i've taken film classes too and i see i can't help i have this framework in my head that i can't unsee things if they're made in a, a crappy way so when i see when i watch a uh, a hallmark movie i can't undo the frameworks in my head and i automatically just just get disgusted by it wow that's very hurtful yeah, I mean, for Hallmark, not to you. <laughs> yes, but Hallmark movies are just a clean, fun... They're of... not really clean sometimes. Well, I watch the clean ones. Okay. I love Hallmark movies. But even with this one, with the with the ending, I do think it's funny because they kind of just went on that date and quote-unquote, you could tell they liked each other, but the very last scene is when the Christmas spirit came back and all he does is wave to her in the crowd. There was no any other interaction or kisses going on. Then they have a baby, so... Yes, I mean, exactly. I don't know, it jumps ahead, yeah. She yeah. seemed to have something wrong with her, though. Really? <laughs> she did. You yeah. think? She seemed to not be totally there. Okay. Why, because she was dependent on an elf to, no, like... No, she just... I don't know. She you think she was a little, like... She seemed a little psychopathic. Just, there wasn't enough emotion. <laughs> well, I feel like you just don't get enough time with her. I don't know. Like, that, that was the thing that struck me, is like, oh, this is really just quick quick even quicker than the other arcs um but the one thing that i've been like thinking about this whole time is so the main arc is between buddy and his dad right yes yeah when is the turning point for his dad like what what is the moment because with michael it's the snowball scene so it's like immediate it's like a i don't like this guy he's weird to this guy's the coolest guy ever in the entire world like within me yeah yeah within like I, one scene it was off screen so he has he's in that business meeting with yeah. miles finch buddy comes in ruins it he says get out of my life now buddy runs away michael sees that he runs away once he gets home and then michael right away this is within five minutes michael goes to his dad and says hey you need to come buddy ran away then that's when he tells off his boss so you think it's like at that moment it was like everything adding up in one moment like he realizes this is like Mike, the company I work for is dumb, and they're asking me to do things that are ridiculous. No, it's what Michael said. Michael said, "You, you know, he said you should, you should come. Buddy loves everyone, and you love yourself." Oh, did he say that? I can't remember. Yes, that I think that was the turning. Point. And whatever he said to Buddy in front of his coworkers or he, the people that he was over, what? I can't remember what he. Remember when, um, when the final thing when he kicked Buddy out of his office? When he said, "Get out of my life now." Get out of my life now. I don't think that the people... There was a shocking look in everybody's face around him, and I think he realized what he really said. Uh, Did you remember their reaction? After yeah, but I that? feel like they weren't the best either. They were there on Christmas Eve, so... I mean, yeah, you're right. They That's probably true. were shocked. They were, they were all ignoring their kids, too. Yeah. <laughs> that was sort of like... Um, so, I'm going to make this comparison. I don't know this good comparison. Okay. But, uh, so this movie sort of reminded me of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and a few elements, and this... So, John Candy's character in Plane, Trains, and Automobiles is objectively a super annoying person that, like, you shouldn't like. But what is his trait that he has? He's so, like, human and likable, and he just draws everyone in, and he's, like, he unconditionally loves everyone, Mm -hmm. regardless of, like, who they are, what their background is. But And that's the same thing with Buddy. Like, he's so annoying. Like, 
so annoying. Like, you shouldn't like this guy, but there's just, like, something that pulls you in. And so, even... Uh, and but he, but to a certain type of person, like uh, the the straight man in the movie, the person who's like serious and um, they're trying to make practical decisions, this this uh, they might be the one person who they don't really get pulled in by this like loving uh, you know bug-eyed kind of cheerful person, um, and so and so and there's a scene in *Planes, Trains, and Automobiles* where uh, Steve Martin. Steve Martin's character Neil like really like digs in on on uh, on Dell, who's John John Candy's character, and he just he doesn't he doesn't stop. He just keeps going and going, and it's kind of like it's because he's he just something snapped and he just he's going off like he there's no like holding back at this point, and then like he sees how like Neil how Dell reacts to it, and he and like how hurt he is by what he said, even if what he said is like somewhat true. Like, and then, and then he's like, oh, and then you can sort of tell that at some point he's like, man, that that was too much. I shouldn't have done that. I think that's kind of what happens here. He like overreacts like so much. He says things that he probably shouldn't have said because he's just kind of that ticking time bomb character. And then, and then, uh, and then maybe he has a reflecting point that we don't see on screen where he reflects on his life. And he's like, well, I guess I haven't really been there for my son who I have had, who has been in my life. And then. And then he he changes, and then Christmas the Christmas spirit takes over. Christmas Does that make any spirit. sense? That makes sense. That's yeah. a good comparison. That's yeah, good. I think the the characters in the movies and the rewatchability of the movies also kind of. I think Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is better, but they're both very rewatchable. Well, although it was short, this is our favorite runtime for a movie. I think True. It's pretty good. So, um, yeah, an hour and like twenty seven minutes or something like that. I was happy when I saw that. I was like, great, I'm not going to be up till like one a.m. So. I was anyway. But so good choice, matter. Mom. Yeah, good choice, Mom. I do have a really awkward question. What's that? What? Why didn't Buddy ever search for his mom? Because his mom's dead. Wait, what? Yes, she said at the beginning, Paul, Paul, uh, Bob Newhart said, uh, yes, your mom passed away, but your dad's still out there, but he's on the naughty list. Oh, I missed the whole passed away part. Buddy's just a real sexist. Well, I was just thinking, wow, we could come out with Buddy the Elf Part Two, and he goes and no, searches for his mom. No, we don't need mom. an elf too. Maybe, okay. maybe there could be like a video, uh, one where he like searches for his mom's grave. That could be like the darker one, the darker <laughs> version of the script. Or the mom has a kid, and it's really his sibling. Or the mom comes back to life. Okay, she's, <laughs> she's resurrected. I'm sorry, and then but like I, a, I don't. A love triangle because like when he was looking at when uh, Walter was looking at the picture. Yeah. It was like longing, like like he missed. Being I saw like, that too. I thought that. So was, then yeah. he cheats on his new wife yeah, with his old with wife. his resurrected old wife. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. And it's a Halloween movie instead. <laughs> <laughs> and then Buddy gets mad and he like becomes a killer. Yeah. Oh. Buddy no. the killer. Buddy the Oh, he's never. a serial killer. And he wears a mask. Because Murray actually, he ha- he now. wasn't nice yeah. at all this whole time. He was just a really good psychopath, and yeah. he was hiding it. And you find out that Joey's been killed, like right, like as soon as they had that kid. Okay, this took a turn for the worst. <laughs> I just Bob Newhart's been training him. <laughs> Bob Newhart was the real like, and they planned to to kill Santa. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and they do. And then Christmas is actually like, and then there's no presents all of a sudden. Yeah. Okay, that is the one big plot hole though. Like seriously, Christmas. Okay. Like, how, how is there a Santa in this universe? The parents would know that all these presents are just showing up. For sure. Like, how do the parents not believe in Santa? I, it's, Maybe it's Santa doesn't go to the places where the parents already buy the presents. That's what I rationalized as a kid because I yeah. thought this when I was little. Okay. Oh, like that that kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I always thought that Santa's like, oh, less work for me. Yeah. Yeah. But they somehow had to believe in Santa because all of their gifts were in that book. Remember no, but when? listen, listen. There were like 12 elves in that room making a certain toy, right? They each had a quota to make a thousand a day, right? Because he says you're 915 behind schedule oh, and he only made buddy. 85. So, if they have a thousand quota and there's twelve in that room, that's twelve thousand. Twelve thousand a day makes like what four hundred thousand, like four hundred fifty thousand, right? So, that then what are you supposed to like do with that, or four million or something like that? But that's not enough for all the kids in the world. You're talking about over a billion kids, right? Or maybe two? I don't know. I don't know how many. I don't know what the ratio of kids to adults are at this day and age. But I always thought like. There has to be parents that get their kids presents because Santa can't get every single child at that rate. They must have had to have so many other elves to make a thousand 
toys a day. Really? You, I, my rationalization as a kid was that I thought that Santa just, like, ordered from Amazon. Like, I was like, there's no way he's making all this stuff. Like, he, I mean, Santa just walks through the aisles. He outsourced. Of, he's just outsourcing, yeah. I mean, the Santa's toys are being made in sweatshops in China, too. Like, sure. he's... Yeah. He's not above, uh, you know, Nike and the other corporations. For sure. He's just a big CEO that's very yeah. mysterious. But he probably has, like, the highest, like, most things sold. But he gives well, his Well, his, his business is a terrible model, though. For free? Yeah. It's Secretive. like giving him all out for free. Once a day, though. He gets so where, where's his actual money? Do you think he has, like, oil? He's drilling oil, like, in the... That's why, in the North Pole? Yeah, in the North Pole. <laughs> so really, like, Santa's, like, a big secret, like... A part of the oil. Economy. I think Santa's a cover for the government digging up there. Yeah, but why wouldn't there be wars in the North Pole then? Because if there that's was oil where the resources they barricade it off. Oh, okay, okay. It's like Wakanda, kind of. Yeah. So. Then why why aren't the gas prices lower then? Because they want the money. That's <laughs> oh, obvious. that's true. That yeah, okay. <laughs> Duh. I mean, we don't know about it, so we don't yeah. know that they're like limiting the amount of oil that's coming yeah. out. And Mrs. Claus is just when when women got women's suffrage and stuff like that, and they got all the rights, then they had to add a Mrs. Claus because they got people were really mad. They're like, why doesn't Santa have a Mrs. Claus? So they gave him an equal. There is a Santa Claus, and if kids listen to this, you're just gonna ruin their life. That it's a government cover up. Yes. It's what? actually it derives from like very European ideas that were very paganistic back then. Well, I when I believed in Santa, I just thought it was magical and I didn't think about it in detail. Yeah, I just that knew, is the problem. Right I there. just knew that they boomed under my tree at Christmas morning. See, and people then, people expect that and then don't think about it. Like, where do the, the, the presents cost something? Yeah. Nothing, nothing is free. I mean, I was reading, like, I was four, b- Zach. books about the economy when I was, like, six, so... Yeah. Well, like, you're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got less smart as I got Did older. Did you get those so. from Santa Claus? Yeah, well? probably, honestly. Yeah. Santa's uh, like, you need to know how hard I work. The so first, there was a book called Whatever Happened to Penny Candy that was about inflation that we read uh, when we were like, I don't know, eight, six, uh, seven, eight, something like that. Okay. It was a good book. That's awesome. Yeah. But, but uh, that's, well, my thing with Santa was I was like, okay. My brother always pointed out that the North Pole is there's not really like land there. It's just like ice, so there couldn't be like a structure of a house. I was like, so that makes sense. So then we looked at the map and we did some exploration. We were like, well, there's this really really far North Island in Canada, and there's like a city there that probably like two people live in, um, and we're so we're gonna assume that that's where the North where the North Pole quote unquote we had them figured out is is set is set up, but then. At, at one point, I was I was sweeping the floor in the kitchen, and I just realized I was like, "There's no way Santa's real." It was just like a a moment of realization when I was like eight. I was like, "How old were you when you didn't believe?" We're probably gonna have to make this episode explicit because we don't want kids to listen to it. So we should start saying a bunch of f bombs right now. <laughs> no, not even close. Well, that'll end this. Not up, even freaking. We'll be yeah. on the. But it, with the elf, that wasn't the focus. I mean, obviously, it ended with Santa because he was an elf. But that wasn't the focus. It was more about the relationship. Well, yeah, we between... know. We just wanted to see how it would be real. Well, yeah. I mean, this, this is, is ta- obviously the I most know. unrealistic I know. movie ever. Ben and I just go like down into these tangents. For some yeah, reason. you guys are very dark. He committed suicide. We're gonna make a Halloween version, and now it's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Maybe this is a, a reflection of the type of movie we typically watch. Yeah. <laughs> more than anything. I mean, smiling is my favorite. That's too cheerful for us. It is. He smiles too much for you guys, I think. That's true. Men smiles a lot, though. Way more. That's than true. Me. I do. Way more than me. So one of my favorite lines, I do want to say this because I have a feeling, is um, when you, the back to the fact, fake Santa, I do have this written down, it made me laugh, it kind of did make me laugh out loud, it says, um, when he was arguing that you're not the real Santa, he really says, you smell like beef and cheese, and you don't smell like the real Santa, that really made me laugh out loud, because I don't think that I've ever thought fake Santa smelled like beef and cheese. Well, I'm glad you're not <laughs> sniffing around. Good. What when you sat on Santa's lap, Zach? Did you smell it? Think you smelled like beef and cheese? You mean two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago. Um, no, okay. smelled like cologne. Okay, good. I don't think I ever went to a mall, Santa. Ever? No. Your parents hate you. I guess. I'm just joking. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, I liked how they. Okay, there's just one thing. They set up 
Uh, they did a nice setup where uh, Jovi says she doesn't like singing in front of people, oh, and yeah. then at the end of the movie, she has to sing in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's like a nice little like overcome your fears arc that they kind of had in there. But it was throughout the whole thing, like singing. Any time she was in the movie, it was like something revolved around singing. It felt like so it kind of worked well. And then um, I was trying to think at the end, how many times did they sing that same line of Santa Claus is coming to town, like over and over again? Because they kept. flashing back and forth and you were like are they just singing the same like verses like he sees you when you're sleeping you're talking about when they filmed it no no i'm just no just in the in the actual like world of the movie oh how many times over and over did they sing the same a lot like refrain of santa claus is coming to town oh i don't know probably six six i mean why couldn't they like switch to another was there more verses to sam yes i i had this thought though while they were doing that they probably had to film the entire song for every single one so that they could pick the best parts from each group. True. And then put them in and then mix them together. Because you can't just film those parts for each group. That would be tough. So I, I'd assume that they had to film. And then I thought, like, that biker guy, like, in the, in the the at the bar was probably, like, singing the whole song. And then when he watches this movie, he thinks, like, oh, yeah, I remember singing the whole song, but they only put that clip in. <laughs> He's like, "Hey guys, I'm the I'm the biker guy and yeah. Elf. Come on, watch the movie." Or if, like, if that Santa, like Mom said, was the um, like an actual guy, then he he's got to be either dead right now or really happy. Sheesh! Why One would he be two. dead? <laughs> he was so old. Oh, and it was 2002. True. Three. 2003. Yeah, 2003. Who do you think the best like minor character in this movie was? Oh, good question, Ben. I'm kind of leaning mm. towards the the gimbal's manager. He really? was he was funny. I, he I was think he funny. was he was uh, pretty. He had funny good one liners. Uh, who was my favorite? One? Uh. He's in it long enough too. Some of the people only get like really one scene. I mean, I like the angry elf that made me laugh, but that was just one little scene. Um, France beat England. That's pretty good. Really? Yeah. So they're they're the favorite probably. What? For to win the whole thing. Oh yeah, they will be. Did you see that Brazil? Is yeah, Brazil. Out? Portugal. Portugal is out. Morocco. That's crazy. Shout out to Morocco. The Morocco's first. the first African team to make yeah. it to the semifinals. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Oh, are we on to the? Do they World have to Cup play now? France though. Uh, most likely. Yeah, I think they have to play France, and I think it's Croatia versus Argentina. Mm-hmm. So Messi really. This is a golden opportunity. Yeah, they got very lucky. Yeah, they, they did. They won by one shot in the PKs. The last three games have been PK shootouts. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. What were you? What were you that's a, that's a good that's a good segue. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> that had nothing shootout. to do with anything that else that we were talking about. There, was there a shootout in this movie? There was no soccer balls. There was no uh, soccer balls. I meant like Santa a gun. Oh no, they, no. they no could. That would be one thing that they could have done. I feel like Die nowadays they would add some sort of like action movie element to this. Besides the snowball fighting, I guess that's what Home Alone is, though. Yeah, I, I really, I do think, uh, you know, this we talked about this movie being like short, but like I don't think that uh, that adding length to this movie would have helped it at all. Do Not at all. That's what we think. Most movies have too much. Yeah. So I so it being fine. lean, I think this is like the best version of the movie that it, mm-hmm. it could be. Mm-hmm. The only other thing you do is like somehow have had John Hughes write this movie. I think. Yeah. That might have made made it a little bit better, yeah. but or Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> Elf. <laughs> it would be so much. That would be so cool, actually. That would be. That would. Have I'm been not a sure much different Will, movie, but cool. yeah, I'm not sure how Will Ferrell and Quentin Tarantino would or Christopher Nolan doing it. It's just like some weird time thing. Yeah, like he would get a lot more into the logic of how Santa worked. He's like, like this is why the parents don't know that Santa's real. They're this is how Santa system. Santa can get all the way around the world in 24 hours. And give all the gifts. It's like time jumps, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's because... He's got to go to the next time zone, press an hour back. Well, it's also because he goes he goes to space and he, he knows, he, he studies, uh, you know, physics and yeah. he can figure out how to go, travel. So it fits within the science of our universe. Yeah. So that he's not magical at all. No. Okay. No, it's like you can explain it scientifically. That would be Christopher Nolan, yeah. <laughs> Grant Tarantino would get into like how, like a wicked version of Santa. Yeah, like a, a Santa that sleeps sleeps around and kills people. And okay, back to Elf. <laughs> <laughs> Wes Anderson's would be like there'd be like cute little sets yeah. <laughs> that were like perfectly symmetrical. Honestly, they should have had Wes Anderson do the the opening and closing. I think it would have been better. Oh yeah, for sure. 
Oh, Elf is a Broadway musical. Yeah. It's I, at the Ohio Theater right now. Oh, I, I, would, I would like to see that. Yeah. And then it also says that Will Ferrell refuses to make an Elf too. Good. Good. So, That's a good choice. Yeah, that is a good choice. I'm not sure that you he, can... He made uh, Anchorman too. I guess no Elf too. He said yeah. no Elf too. That's what this this says. Well, me. they'll probably remake it with some other actor eventually, I would imagine. It is a happy-go-lucky Christmas movie, though. It's something that's safe. You can turn it on with the family. You can turn it on with your grandparents. You can turn it on with your pastor, and you're not gonna be, <laughs> you're not gonna be embarrassed. You can turn it on with your mom. Do yeah. you agree? Sure. Yeah, it's a it's a good movie. True, I agree. I agree. It's a, it's a, definitely a Christmas classic. Yeah, it is a Christmas classic. I I watch it every year because it's always on yeah. USA about twenty-seven times. What's what is your favorite Christmas? Is this your favorite Christmas movie, or do you, is there one that you would rank higher? Mm, oh no, uh, I would. Yeah, um, um, I like love stories. I mean, anything like White Christmas, all mm. the old classic. The movies. old classics. Yeah, so yeah. those ones are. But I didn't want to put you guys through that. So. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I think uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street is up there for me. Yes, yeah, I that's really like a that great one. one. That was one that, like, I went into it not expecting much out of it. So I think that, like, helped because when I watched it, I was like, wow, this is actually really good. And there's many dynamics we could have talked about with that. But I was trying to keep it, I was trying to keep it simple, clean. There was a love story, fun, and it was relevant. Yeah. Yeah. That's How cool. about you, Zach? What's your Polar favorite? Express. Polar Express. Oh, People do don't it. like it because the animation's creepy, and it is, but I think I've, I've seen that movie more than any other movie, probably. So. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've actually seen that in a while, so I'll have to rewatch that. Yeah, it's good, and I understand it's creepy, like the the animation, the motion so, capture. Yeah, it's so weird, but I I think it's like if if it were to be redone today, I think it would still be popular, because I think just it the way popular. that the way, well, yeah, I mean the way that the story is presented is good. If the animation was better, it would be less creepy. Um, but yeah. So. Have you ever seen Christmas with the Cranks? No, I have not. Oh, you guys, watch it this Christmas. It is so funny. I guess maybe it's for older ladies, but it, it's really Older really, ladies like you? No, you know, like me. It's really funny. It's with Tim Allen. Uh, okay. Yeah, all the Santa Claus movies. There's many to, to watch, watch from. There's the Christmas too much episodes to of uh, Home Improvement are pretty good. My oh, every, I love Home Improvement. My yearly Christmas is Elf, Polar Express, and every single Office Christmas episode. What about all the Santa Clauses? Nope, not a big fan. No? Tim Allen's overrated. Hmm. Yeah. Home Alone? Oh. Uh, I don't watch it every year, but I've Home seen Alone. it. I usually see Home Alone every year yeah, at that's, some point. That's like that's 99% of people, I bet. It's like yeah. very, that's like the Christmas if, movie. The Christmas uh, Story? The Christmas Story. That one, that movie was on, so I would go over to a family, like there would be a, someone in our family would have like a huge get together. So they'd have TBS on where they have like 24 hours. Oh, yeah. So I don't know that I've ever seen like a Christmas Story like, like straight through but but i've seen every scene i've seen every scene but the thing about it is like they you could almost put it in any order and it would like still make sense Uh, it's such a weird movie and the house is in cleveland if you guys ever want to visit it i'm good oh i'm never going to cleveland oh okay never again wow yeah never say never yeah (laughs) it's the only place i get into med school (laughs) yeah that's what i'm saying did this revive your christmas spirit you guys i don't know I'm not really a Christmas guy. Well, is smiling your favorite? It's my fourth or fifth favorite. Do you want to try syrup with your spaghetti tonight? No. Tonight? Oh, <laughs> then Elf really didn't revive your Christmas. I bet spirit. that 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 uh, he put when he put all the stuff on the spaghetti that was probably pretty good. Yeah. Like. I mean, <laughs> it sounds disgusting, but he might have liked it. Well, it'd be sweet, so yeah. it has to be good, right? <laughs> Okay. The syrup and uh, just syrup and spaghetti though, Ew. with the tomato sauce, yeah, that would probably not be it. Wow, yes, indeed. So maybe it isn't hopeless after all. Maybe the spirit is still here, but once mom dies, we don't know where that spirit will be in the next generation. So, um, so somebody listening better find it. Yes. Listen, never give up. You have no daughters. <laughs> what? A- that means the Christmas spirit is... Christmas a, spirit is not just for it's women. It's a sex-linked gene, yes. It is not. Yes, it is. Christmas yes. is not is not something That's that... That's why every Hallmark movie is about, like, the 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 ruffian guy who yep. doesn't I'm, have any I'm Christmas spirit. I'm that lawyer that is, at, is at that one school fancy school that hates Christmas. Just, okay, my, one of my favorite things, and then... Um, 
and then I have to go, um, is that when you wake up in the morning and it's really quiet and all the lights are out except your Christmas lights and then you're drinking your hot coffee and then you turn on a little Hallmark movie or maybe even Elf. It's very uncommon scenario. It is, yes, it is very Christmassy and relaxing. Just take it, just try it one day this, this, this Christmas break, you guys. It's very peaceful. Okay. Take it all in. I'm not going to leave my Christmas lights on overnight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Turn them out when you wake up then, Zach. It's a fire hazard. Oh my. All right. Well, with that, uh, I guess yes. we better uh, close the vault. Yep. Hey, you. Santa, can you come over here and uh, close the vault? Oh, oh, oh. Ding, 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 ding. The reindeer are flying again. They're closing the vault. Ding, ding, ding. He's got an engine on it.